Hi there, it's Greg. We at ParCast want to thank all of you for your continuing support throughout the year. ParCast could not be what it is today without you. We also wanted to give you a heads up that we're taking a break for the holidays, and we won't be back until after the new year. But since the season is all about giving, we do have something special lined up for the next two weeks, so be sure to tune in. In the meantime, enjoy the season, and we'll be back the first week of January with your regular programming. Have a happy and safe new year. Due to the graphic nature of this cult's crimes, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes discussions of medical fraud, abuse, and suicide that some people may find offensive. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. In the 1990s, a middle-aged woman in Tokyo sought help for her daughter. To protect the identity of the victims, we'll refer to the mother as Misaki and her daughter as Koharu. Koharu suffered from severe insomnia and thought her inability to sleep was related to issues she was having at her job. This worry kept Koharu from being rested, resulting in a vicious cycle of mental anguish. Desperate for guidance, Misaki shared her daughter's problems with members of a religious group she'd become interested in, Honohana Sampagyo which meant the way of the flower. She didn't think the group would do much about it, but she was wrong. In fact, the group's leader, Hogan Fukunaga, summoned her and her daughter to the headquarters in Shibuya, much to their surprise. When they arrived, Fukunaga asked to examine Koharu's feet. While somewhat confused by the request, the desperate woman cautiously agreed. Fukunaga closely evaluated her soles, looking at lines, the skin color, and any veins or blemishes. After the exam, he came to his conclusion. Koharu's difficulties were her mother's fault. He said Misaki wasn't deeply committed to hearing the voice of heaven. Koharu needed to join Honohana Sampagyo. In addition, her mother Misaki was ordered to pay 18 million yen about $170,000 for a valuable scroll that would fix her daughter's problems. The price was steep, and Misaki hesitated. Fukunaga would have none of that. He questioned her love for her daughter, saying, because you didn't listen to the voice of heaven, your daughter received punishment from heaven. Are you really her mother? Hi, I'm Greg Polson. And I'm Vanessa Richardson. And this is Cults, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we look at a cult's practices, their leader, and their followers. You can find all episodes of Cults and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. This week, we'll focus on the Honohana Sampagyo group and its leader, Hogan Fukunaga. The group was active in the late 1980s and 1990s in Japan. Fukunaga counted tens of thousands of followers, and he purported to have the power to read fortunes and diagnose medical conditions just from studying the soles of clients' feet, for which he charged exorbitant fees. 
We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. Teriyoshi Fuginaga was born in Japan's Yamaguchi Prefecture in 1945. He grew up without his father, who was allegedly killed in World War II. Young Fukunaga had an older sister, but she passed away when he was only a toddler. Having endured the loss of his father and his sister, Fukunaga had a tight bond with his mom. She did her best, but was only able to make enough money for the bare necessities. So when it was time for Fukunaga to attend high school, he took classes at night in order to work during the daytime. At some point during his own schooling, Fukunaga's mother moved to Tokyo to learn how to be a seamstress. She left Fukunaga with another family until he completed his studies. When Fukunaga graduated, he joined his mother in Tokyo, where he attended a junior college. There, he found a job working as an electrician for a company that produced appliances. This proved to be stable work for Fukunaga, and he was able to support himself and his mother for around a decade. But Fukunaga always had his eye on a way to improve their lives, to make more money and increase his social standing. In 1976, when he was 31 years old, he took a risk and started his own company about 20 miles away in Yokohama. His company saw success in producing and distributing electric massage products. Over the next three years, Fukunaga's business grew. He reportedly brought in sales of 800 million yen a year, worth more than $7 million today, and employed almost 200 people. This success allowed him to start a family. Fukunaga married, and he and his wife had a son and a daughter. He was finally living the comfortable and prosperous life he had studied and worked so hard for. But something was missing. He felt spiritually lost. To address this feeling, Fukunaga joined a small fringe religious group. Devoting himself to faith and its practices gave him some much-needed balance, and he finally achieved happiness. While not much is known about the sect Fukunaga joined, he achieved a high level of trust within the church and was put in charge of some of their funds. Unfortunately, his ease of life and financial success didn't last long. Just three years later, Fukunaga's business was the victim of a malicious scam. As a result, the company folded in 1979, leaving Fukunaga with 500 million yen worth of debt, the equivalent of over $4 million today. Being conned had an immeasurable effect on Fukunaga. He'd worked so hard and been so disciplined his whole life, and now it was all gone. At 34 years old, he was shattered and afraid for his future. To make matters worse, Japanese newspapers at the time claimed that the small church he was part of expelled him as a direct result of his failure. Fukunaga looked at the ashes of his pristine life and initially felt despair. But over the coming weeks, this gave way to fury. Fukunaga became determined to make his money back. Some have suggested he vowed to take revenge on the society that had scammed him and on the religious organization that shunned him. Vanessa is going to take over on the psychology here and throughout the episode. 
Please note, Vanessa is not a licensed psychologist or a psychiatrist, but she has done a lot of research for this show. Thanks, Greg. Fukunaga had endured a crushing trauma, and since he'd only enjoyed success for a short three years, he might have felt especially bitter. In 2019, Joshua Conrad Jackson, Virginia K. Choi, and Michelle J. Gelfand, researchers from the University of North Carolina and the University of Maryland, published an article called Revenge, a Multi-Level Review and Synthesis. In it, they studied people who had mostly been in positions of low socioeconomic power who later experienced a so-called jolt of prosperity or power. The researchers found that people who perceived themselves as having low socioeconomic status may enact what's called displaced revenge. This means that instead of retaliating against someone who harmed them, in Fukunaga's case, a scammer, They go after a broader, less specific group. If Fukunaga couldn't take revenge on the specific person who destroyed his life, he could take displaced revenge on society in general. It's not difficult to see how Fukunaga could have been broken by his loss and fueled by a need for revenge. He reeled from the psychological damage wrought by losing his livelihood. Without the success of his business, he had no idea how he was going to pay his debt or support his mother and his family. But before he could enact any schemes for revenge, he fell victim to a spiral of depression. He was a man without a business, a reputation, a religion, or a future plan. He didn't even know who Teruyoshi Fukunaga was anymore. His situation seemed so hopeless that he reportedly attempted to take his own life in 1980. He ultimately survived the attempt, but his alleged brush with death became a reawakening. He killed off his original persona, and Fukunaga seemed to channel his emotions into a nefarious plan to take advantage of others in the same ways he'd been wronged. Fukunaga began experiencing mystical and spiritual visions. He didn't know exactly where they came from or how he was chosen. His visions made clear to him that he was the final savior of the world. He also received a message that he was the reincarnation of both Jesus Christ and the Buddha. Since his life as the businessman Teruyoshi Fukunaga had come to a close, he started over completely with a new name. He changed his first name to Hogan, which translates to the origin of Dharma. He knew the name would help people understand that he was their new messiah. In Buddhism, Dharma refers to the teachings of the Buddha. He began preaching his message that he, Hogan Fukunaga, the messiah, had returned. Claiming divine authority, over the next few years, he amassed hundreds of followers. He called his group Hono Hana Sanpagyo, which has been translated a number of ways, one of which means teaching of the flower. While a lot of their practices invoked Buddhism, such as chanting sutras, Fukunaga claimed the association with the Christian god in equal measure. He also relied heavily on Japanese notions of ancestor worship, peppered with doomsday cult threats and predictions. But while Fukunaga acted as a spiritual leader, he hadn't lost his laser focus on accumulating wealth. It's clear that his desire to succeed in business transferred to his ministry as he received substantial financial support from the members. Fukunaga used this wealth to influence some local officials. 
he supposedly contributed as much as 150,000 yen a month, about $1,500, to Matsuo Oishi, a member of the Fuji Municipal Assembly. Fukunaga sent applications for Hono Hana Sampagyo to be registered as an official religious organization in Tokyo, as well as three other prefectures. All of the applications were rejected, except for the one from Oishi's district, Shizuoka. In 1987, Honohana Sampagyo was granted special tax advantages. Once officially recognized, Fukunaga bought land at the base of Mount Fuji and began construction on a facility for Honohana Sampagyo that reportedly cost tens of millions of dollars. This became the group's headquarters and was called Fuji Tenseimura, also known as the Village of the Heavenly Voice. Although by 1987 he had other staff working under him and more being recruited all the time, Fukunaga attested that only he had the power to hear the voice of heaven. Fukunaga said that his heavenly powers enabled him to heal the sick and divine the pasts and futures of his clients, all by studying the soles of their feet. But Fukunaga didn't provide these services out of the goodness of his heart, he expected payment. To increase the volume of clients, other staff members were authorized to perform the foot readings. A high ranking member, Shigeru Hiraga, wrote a widely distributed manual on the process. The foot analysts made recommendations and predictions based on different characteristics of the feet the skin, the temperature, or any blemishes. A short toe could indicate that the client was quick to anger, while chubby toes meant good fortune. A blemish could indicate that a family member had caused misfortune. Each 10 minute foot reading cost the equivalent of about $900. That seemed like a lot of money up front, but that was nothing compared to what came next. The client was told ominous news, either about a life threatening disease, a potential job loss, or even the upcoming suicide of their child. The voice of heaven, speaking through Fukunaga, assured the anxious client that their problems would be relieved after attending a five day long seminar offered by the group, which cost about $18,000. If attending the seminar was impossible, the same result could be obtained through a hefty financial contribution. A large donation was sufficient for Fukunaga to restore the flow of the powers of heaven in the client. And only by following the instructions of Hono Hana Sampagyo could disaster be averted. Some clients were even ordered to purchase a pinch of the Buddha's ashes or a valuable religious scroll, usually priced around $180,000. Putting this much stock in the results of a foot examination might seem bizarre to Westerners, but the possibility of discerning health and fortune through foot reading seemed more familiar and possible to some Japanese citizens. It's thought that since Japan's acceptance of Buddhism around the 6th century, the study of feet, today known as reflexology, has been popular. The Buddha himself supposedly taught reflexology, and Fukunaga was the reincarnation of the Buddha. So it wasn't outlandish for potential targets of Honohana Sampagyo to be taken in by the claims. And the recommendations and predictions that clients heard from Fukunaga or his staff often confirmed their previous anxieties and fears. 
Before the actual foot reading took place, clients turned over information about any difficulties in their lives or any health problems they worried about. So chances are the results were pretty on target and made clients willing to believe in Fukunaga's divination powers. Soon, a change in the economy would make people even more vulnerable to Fukunaga's claims. Coming up, an economic recession hits Japan. Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa. If you haven't had a chance to check out the entertaining new podcast, Blind Dating, now's the time to binge what you've missed before catching all new episodes every Wednesday. In this Spotify original from Parcast, we're expanding the places you can meet your match with a twist you'll never see coming. Join host Tara Michelle as she introduces one hopeful single to two strangers in a voice-only call. Through a series of illuminating games and questions, the trio will get to know one another without the distraction of appearances. But once the cameras are turned on, is personality still enough for these strangers to fall for each other? Or will they say farewell? Connect with new episodes of Blind Dating every Wednesday. You can find and follow Blind Dating free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Now back to the story. By 1989, Hogan Fukunaga had established his new religious order, claiming to be the reincarnation of Buddha and Jesus Christ. He charged his followers exorbitant fees for spiritual foot readings and conducted aggressive recruitment campaigns that met great success. He would only get more successful over time. As the 1990s arrived, Japan entered into a recession that left many citizens vulnerable to alternative religions and self-help groups. The country experienced large unemployment and economic decline, and this hit hard in a culture where self-worth is largely connected to work. The recession was a wake-up call to Japanese citizens who previously assumed the corporate structure of their country was stable. This feeling of both professional and personal insecurity left many citizens searching for answers and counsel. Masahiko Nakamura, a psychology professor in Japan, spoke to the Chicago Tribune in 2001 about the country's vulnerability to cults. He said, in Japan, moral precepts have collapsed, parents have lost authority, teachers cannot control their students, older people have nothing to cling to, nothing has replaced the old spiritual education since the war, and no one has taught us about God or the power behind mankind. The Japanese are lost. The void acted like a breeding ground for hucksters to take advantage of people just looking for spiritual and professional guidance. And Fukunaga saw his opportunity and pounced. By 1991, when Fukunaga was 46 years old, Honohana Sampagyo counted about 300 members. Each one had potentially paid $900 for a foot reading and $18,000 for the training sessions. But the guru knew those numbers could be grown, and he knew how to make it happen. Fukunaga tasked his followers with constant recruiting. To ensure success, he sent members to hospitals looking for vulnerable marks. They target only the sickest patients. Nothing was off limits. 
Fukunaga even manipulated a natural disaster for his recruiting efforts. On June 3, 1991, the Mount Unzen volcano erupted. Its destructive blast resulted in 43 deaths and massive property losses. Fukunaga reportedly announced, if 7,000 people in the prefecture underwent training for one year, there would be no more eruptions. It showed a ruthless lack of empathy for the victims of the eruption by using their suffering for self-promotion and empty promises. There's no way to know exactly how many clients signed up in the wake of the Fugen volcano, but his ranks were expanding, his wealth was growing, and his respectability was soaring. In October of 1991, Fukunaga even participated in an event that included talks with former British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. The quality of life for Fukunaga and his family had increased dramatically as much of the money that came in was spent on themselves. They lived in a fancy condo that cost almost $20,000 a month. Fukunaga was known for his slick silver pompadour and wearing custom-made suits and shoes that cost thousands of dollars. His wife was known for spending thousands of dollars a month on her wardrobe, purses, and beauty products. The couple frequently traveled and always stayed in the best hotels paying as much as $5,000 each night. Fukunaga also supported his wife's dreams of having a musical career. Money earned through the cult paid for karaoke lessons as she worked toward releasing an album. Fukunaga was happy to support his wife so luxuriously, and she enjoyed his financial success. Fukunaga was flashy and flamboyant, and this combined with his claims of mystical powers presented him as a sick stereotype of a charismatic and corrupt cult leader. And as with many other charismatic figureheads, sometimes his followers suffered in order to advance his fame and influence. In June of 1994, Fukunaga and the Hono Sampagyo Church were involved in a situation with a client who later described it as malicious and unforgivable. To protect the identity of the victims, we've changed their names. Hiroto, a 59-year-old man from Ishikawa Prefecture, suffered under the crushing terminal colon cancer diagnosis of his 29-year-old son, Kenta. Kenta had surgery and was able to recover at home, which was time together they cherished. But by early 1995, he was back in the hospital. His girlfriend had read some books published by Honohana Sampagyo and suggested that they might help him recover. Latching on to anything hopeful, Hiroto visited a local branch of the Organization for Foot Reading. The two senior church members who examined his feet told him that they had the souls of a man who was trampling on his son. The diagnosis further went on to recommend that the whole family take a five-day training seminar. The church members told Hiroto that if they went through with the sessions, everything would be all right. While that's a pretty vague promise, he reportedly took it to mean that taking the training sessions would cure Kenta's cancer. Hiroto returned to the hospital and checked his ailing son out against the doctor's strong objections. He then picked up his wife, and the whole family traveled to the Honohana Sampagyo village at the base of Mount Fuji. After surrendering 5.84 million yen, around $55,000 in fees, 
the trio participated in all the training sessions, all while Kenta experienced crippling stomach pain. During the training, the family recited the cult's teachings aloud for hours. They were subjected to sleep deprivation and food restriction. It was expensive and grueling for all of them, but worth it to improve Kenta's health. After the five days of training, they returned home. Just three days later, a phone call came from Honohana Sampagyo, instructing the family to travel to a specific hotel. When Kenta and his parents arrived, they encountered dozens of followers of Fukunaga. They singled Kenta out and had him stand up in front of everyone in the room. With great gravitas, the highest-ranking member allegedly announced, this person's terminal cancer has been cured. The cult members then instructed his parents to spend the equivalent of more than $100,000 on hanging religious scrolls. It wasn't easy for them to come up with that much money, and they ended up cleaning out their savings to make the purchase. But they understood that Kenta's cancer was gone and that they owed Honohana Sampagyo for his life. So they did as they were instructed. Less than two weeks later, Kenta collapsed and was hospitalized again. He suffered for two more months before finally perishing at the young age of 30. According to Hiroto, Kenta's last words were, the training could not change anything. But it did change their lives for the worse. All of their savings were in the pockets of Fukunaga, who had his sights on mainstream validation, fame, and accumulating more wealth. But Fukunaga seemed untouched by this tragedy. Instead, he looked for ways to increase his legitimacy and reach. According to some reports, he met with former Soviet Union President Mikhail Gorbachev in 1995 in a Tokyo hotel, and they discussed environmental issues. The meeting reportedly came after Fukunaga pledged to pay $10,000 a month toward financing Gorbachev's English language magazine. This prestigious meeting was written about for various publications distributed by Hono Hana Sampagyo. His high-class hobnobbing would only grow more extravagant from there. Up next, Fukunaga meets the Pope. Now back to the story. In February 1995, Hogan Fukunaga met Mikhail Gorbachev in a Tokyo hotel. He used this meeting to expand his influence, and he would escalate this tactic as quickly as he could. A few months later in 1995, Fukunaga supposedly traveled to India, where he met Mother Teresa. Around the same time, Fukunaga promised to donate $2 million to the Mahatma Gandhi Foundation to venture with the group to Rome to meet Pope John Paul II. According to a source close to Fukunaga at the time, before the meeting with the pontiff, Fukunaga bought two matching rings in Rome. He wore one and presented one to the Pope, and then asked for a photo together. When the Honohana Sampagyo cult later published the photos of the encounter, they changed the story around to glorify Fukunaga. Allegedly, the story claimed that the Pope had actually presented the ring to Fukunaga in an effort to achieve world peace. It then read, 
Our leader then heard the voice of God say that the spirit of Jesus Christ's salvation dwells in the ring. The way that Fukunaga pursued world leaders and celebrities and attempted to align himself with them is typical for someone who might exhibit traits of grandiose narcissism. In a 2018 study in the journal Social Cognition, researchers from the University of Toronto said, grandiose narcissists are widely known for their overinflated self-views and self-enhancing tendencies. Additionally, when one feels similar to someone who has achieved fame, that exacerbates the narcissist's desire for fame themselves. The yearning for fame can manifest in flashy clothing and possessions to make themselves stand out. It seems clear that Fuganaga behaved this way and felt he deserved the same adulation afforded to world leaders and pop culture personalities. This type of exposure and positioning with celebrities resulted in more recruits for the group, as some members joined because Fukunaga's connection to public figures made him seem important. The group published magazines that featured this PR. These publications were freely distributed at hospitals and other locations deemed likely to attract vulnerable potential followers. High-ranking members of the group had to meet high quotas to bring in both recruits and money. In one example, Fukunaga ordered around 240 executive members of the cult to bring in 4.5 million yen in under a week. A 69-year-old restaurant magnet named Tsuneo Kikuchi fell victim to this aggressive recruiting, and all he sought was a cure for his high blood pressure. Before Kikuchi was even allowed an audience with Fukunaga, he was taken directly to an ATM and made to withdraw the equivalent of $1,800 for the privilege. When Kikuchi was finally allowed to meet him, he was impressed by all the photos in Fukunaga's office, showing him glad-handing various world leaders and religious figures. The guru examined the soles of Kikuchi's feet, the length of his toes, and touched his head a few times. He then informed Kikuchi that his energy was stagnant and something bad could happen to him at any moment. Fukunaga told him his mind and body needed to be purified. If he followed the instructions and paid for the expensive five-day seminar, Kikuchi would be guaranteed a long life and would be among the chosen when the world falls apart. Over the next year, Kikuchi gave $150,000 to Hono Hana Sampagyo. But if anything, it sounds like it might have raised his blood pressure. At the end of the training, when asked if his mind had been liberated, Kikuchi admitted that he didn't feel any different. Cult members then made him go through the training two more times and clean latrines as punishment. They screamed at him until he finally stated that he'd been helped. Once the instructors were satisfied that Kikuchi felt the training had worked, they made him sign a document pledging to sign up another victim within three days. Kikuchi then recruited his wife, which led to five more family members joining, including their son. It took all of this pressure to finally make him suspicious of this guru who called himself the Voice of Heaven. Kikuchi spoke out to the Chicago Tribune in 2001, calling himself a fool. He said, 
I paid all that money to be brainwashed and tortured. The instructors kept us awake day and night, making us repeat Buddhist mantras and the slogan, I am happy and healthy, I'm happy and healthy. He complained that before going to the training, his son was in debt for $100,000. One of the promises Fukunaga made to them was that all of that money would be recovered. But Kikuchi stated, Today my son is broke and I am poor. But Kikuchi and his family weren't the only ones taken in that year. Nearly 6,000 victims signed up for training seminars in 1995. Fukunaga and Honohana Sampagyo flourished. In fact, in May of 1996, Fukunaga attended a United States Democratic National Convention fundraising dinner. At the Washington, D.C. event, which he attended with the great-grandnephew of Mahatma Gandhi, he presented President Bill Clinton with a bust of Gandhi. That moment with President Clinton, captured in one of the photographs proudly displayed in his office, might symbolize the height of Fukunaga's respectability. He was rubbing shoulders with the most powerful man in the world. But in just a couple of months, his downfall began. By the summer of 1996, Honohana Sampagyo victims from all over the country joined together and filed suits seeking damages. The exposure from the lawsuits dropped the cult's new recruitment numbers by 90% in 1997. The increased pressure on followers to recruit during this drop could have resulted in a violent and bizarre event that reportedly took place in the fall of 1999. When a male member of the Honohana Sampagyo met a woman at his work and they started dating, he encouraged her to sign up for seminars. She supposedly complied and attended two of the cult's training sessions and paid more than $10,000 in fees. But she balked at committing fully to the group. The boyfriend then took his recruitment effort to the next level. Allegedly, he and seven others, five of whom were teenagers, charged into the woman's home armed with metal baseball bats. The group is said to have attacked three men who were in the home, including the woman's father, with their weapons. After incapacitating the men, the group abducted their female target. The assault and kidnapping were allegedly supposed to incite the woman to reconsider joining the cult. But unsurprisingly, it didn't work. Authorities later found her unharmed near her home. When this story hit the news, it added to Honohana Sampagyo's negative reputation. The complaints, lawsuits, and this recent kidnapping attempt culminated in a police investigation of the cult in December 1999. The Metropolitan Police Department raided and searched over 100 locations with connections to Honohana Sampagyo, including the Mount Fuji headquarters. Officers confiscated potential evidence and questioned dozens of people. Despite the growing case against the 54-year-old Fukunaga, authorities were not yet able to place him under arrest. As they continued their investigation, the enigmatic leader was able to hold several press conferences and release public statements. Fukunaga denied any negative accusations about himself or Honohana Sampagyo. He disputed that there even were any victims, stating that heaven had never told him to commit fraud. 
He said, all I did was deliver the vox dei, the voice of God. Why is it called fraud? But Fukunaga's explanation didn't satisfy his detractors. Shortly after, even more press reports were released that highlighted his family's luxurious lifestyle. To save face and his organization, he officially resigned as the head of Honohana Sampagyo in January 2000. It's possible that Fukunaga thought his actions might separate him from any additional allegations or diminish any repercussions but the authorities were already closing in. In April of 2000, police formally questioned the elite members of the cult. That same month, one court in southwestern Japan ruled on one of the lawsuits. They ordered the group to pay $2 million to their victims. A month later, law enforcement finally got their hands on Fukunaga. They arrested him and 23 other cult members during a raid on May 9th, 2000. Prosecutors charged them with fraud and practicing medicine without a license. After his arrest, Fukunaga issued a statement saying, I admit I passed on the voice of heaven, but I can't recollect the details of the voice of heaven. He also claimed to no longer be receiving any divine instruction. Investigators accused Fukunaga of keeping most of the 87 billion yen, worth over a billion dollars today, raised by Honohana Sampagyo since 1987, for personal use. In June, for the first time, a few cult members admitted wrongdoing. Some of the top staff who had been arrested took responsibility for their actions. One senior member told police, we have done things that are inexcusable to the victims. They also came clean and said that the group's training sessions were a scam. And in what must have been a blow to the 55-year-old Fukunaga, the suspects attested that their leader didn't have any supernatural or spiritual powers. In August, government officials joined with some angry citizens and created a petition. More than 150,000 people signed the document that called for the cult to be officially denounced and dissolved. It was turned in to the Cultural Affairs Agency, which held jurisdiction over religious groups and had the power to close them down. During September and October, there were various court appearances, trials, guilty pleas, and prison sentences involving several cult members from different branches of Honohana Sampagyo. On October 12, 2000, Fukunaga finally appeared in court for his first hearing. He was charged with swindling 150 million yen from 31 people between 1994 and 1997. Fukunaga said that the voice of heaven never told him to cheat anyone and denied the charges. He did, however, admit to exaggerations and misunderstandings. In a written statement, Fukunaga said, As a former Honohana Sampagyo representative, I take responsibility for causing a sensation. However, all I, as an ascetic, can do is follow the voice of heaven. Honohana is indispensable to the world. Two days later, another lawsuit was filed against the group, this one involving 46 claimants. This brought the total number of people who had officially filed suits to 1,220. November brought more court appearances and rulings against the group. The Akita District Court ordered them to pay a claimant $51,000. 
while the Osaka District Court ruled that they owed $926,000 to a group of former members. On November 13, 2000, an affidavit from Fukunaga's own mother was used in court for Fukunaga's case. She reportedly told the Tokyo District Court that she knew the foot-reading sessions were fraudulent. She also admitted that Fukunaga didn't possess any mystical powers. Fukunaga's mother was frank in her affidavit and said, When I was ill, he never cured me with his powers. I always went to the hospital. The court stated that the actions of the church went well beyond what could be socially justified and determined Fukunaga should pay 157 million yen to the 31 claimants. In March 2001, Honohana Sampagyo was declared legally bankrupt by the courts and officially dissolved. Over the next few years, the group saw more court appearances, trials, sentencings, and prison time for various members. On July 15, 2005, 60-year-old Fukunaga was sentenced to 12 years in prison for fraud. Tokyo District Court Judge Sutomo Ayagi categorized the defendant's acts as a vicious crime. Ayagi determined that Fukunaga was well aware, more than anyone, that he had no powers and didn't receive messages from the voice of heaven. Any funds or assets that had been owned by Fukunaga were collected as back taxes or distributed to victims who'd filed claims against Honohana Sampakyo. So Hogan Fukunaga ended up much where young Teruyoshi Fukunaga had begun. Due to his years of ruthless deception, he'd lost his status, his wealth, and even his freedom. Thanks again for tuning into Cults. You can find all episodes of Cults and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll see you next time. Cults is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Cults was written by Christine Colby, with writing assistance by Giles Hovseth, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Brian Petrus and Chelsea Wood. Cults stars Greg Polson and Vanessa Richardson. Listeners, there's no better time than right now to open your heart to the hit Spotify original from Parcast, Blind Dating. Every Wednesday, find out if personality alone is enough to make a love connection. Follow Blind Dating, free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.